Welcome to the 6am Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6am Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6amrun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Mark Paisan. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Whether you're listening to this on the 6 a.m. run or relatively normal, you're watching a reel, maybe YouTube, wherever it is, please, if you don't mind, tag 6 a.m., tag relatively normal, tag me, and just tell me where you're listening. I really appreciate it. We have, um, I know often I say we have a good show, and I think we've had some really good content this this season, but we have Carl Berryman on the show with us today, and I'm going to let him introduce himself, but before he does, first, as always, this show is brought to you by 6am Run and 6amrun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order, but Carl and I had a a very, very touching, moving, intriguing discussion when I was a host, when I was a guest, excuse me, on his show. And I think I'm going to let him talk about it, but I think everyone should really, if you can, make sure you check his show out. Um, He's doing a lot of good work and specifically for the conversations that men have with each other and the feelings that men have. And he doesn't leave out the ladies. I want you to know that. But without further ado, Carl, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself for our audience? Mark, thank you for having me. This was, uh, again, I'm just, I'm, I'm a guy who's truly blessed to have some other amazing men in my life. And it's all come from podcasting, which is amazing. Like um, the reason I started my podcast inspired by impact was um, to cure, help cure the world of something that I was the king of. And that was mental and emotional masturbation. And by that, I mean like just podcast junkie, audiobook junkie, physical book junkie, course junkie, like whatever it is, you name it. Uh, to improve myself in every area, whether that be fitness, because I'm a personal trainer, I've been a personal trainer for uh, just over a decade now, Um, whether it be in my relationships, because my relationships were failing, whether it was my battle with mental and emotional health, um, because of depression and anxiety and, and all that jazz, or just feeling like I was lacking a sense of purpose, I found myself in a state where I was consuming a lot of content and not doing anything with it. And then um, had a big turnaround in the beginning of 2021, when I had a wake up call at the end of 2020 and decided, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to change some things for real this time and to actually do something. And I just happened to stumble across a little idea that grew into something massive in terms of taking the strategies that work inside the gym and applying them everywhere to my relationships, my mental health, emotional health, and my sense of purpose. And, uh, 
that's launched a pretty phenomenal platform that is uh that's my podcast and now is just um become the central part of my being that has allowed me to connect with people in such amazing ways and i i feel extremely blessed to be on this show so thanks for having me mark and i appreciate it i'm gonna tell you right now um and probably the thing i like the most about your podcast. I think there are, are hundreds of TikToks and, and hundreds of memes about when men get on podcasts and start talking about men's stuff and they just ramble on and on and, and they might not make any sense or whatever. You have specific strategies that you put out on your show. You have specific things that either you give or you have a guest give that allow men and allow people to understand that there there could be steps, there can be rigid steps to this, and there can be a- actual, you know, uh, opportunities for growth. That's just not, hey, I'm going to sit on this mic and I'm going to just, you know, blow blow off steam for an hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, you actually, you, it, 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 and I don't think enough people give give people credit who do this, but you actually put a lot of thought into your specific episodes why do you i i i know i think i know the answer but you could easily just record a show every day and say whatever but you have specific thoughts that you put into each episode i i appreciate you pointing that out because you're right i do put a lot of thought into it and the reason i put a lot of thought into it it's kind of twofold it this is the way that i would look at it I'm usually thinking of a brother of mine who has a specific problem that I want to try to solve. So when I have a guest on, I will actually reach out to my other brother and say, hey, this is the person I have coming on. This is their area of expertise. What problems or challenges are you facing right now that I could potentially get them to help us with? Um, Or the second road I go is like, what problems or challenges am I facing that or have I faced in the past that my current brothers or any man out there is most, there's a lot of men out there who will be able to relate to the problems or challenges that I've overcome. And then one of the things that's frustrated me about content out there is that it's, it's really, really good at telling you what to do, but not necessarily how to do it. And all the little steps and nuances and the principles that are involved in actually going from point A to point B. So during my podcast, like when you were on there, it's like, okay, this is a beautiful thing. I found my one thing on terms of how to get what would what would it mean for men to connect on a deeper level? Okay, now we got to just kind of dive deeper on that so that just like if you, if this was a fitness podcast and I'm telling you, okay, we're going to be working on strength. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We got deads, we got bench, we got squats, and then I'll give you some accessory stuff. This is how, how long your break times and just give you a roadmap. So you know exactly how you are going to build a stronger body. Well, I want to make sure that during episodes, if we're focusing on relationships, say like when you and I were focused on relationship with men, I want men walking away with a training program, a workout routine on how to do that, or not just men, but the audience. So that when you leave there, it's like, okay, I just have to listen to this. This is what I do. This is how I'm going to measure it. This is what I'm going to test in terms of strategies. This is how I'm going to track it. These are the inevitable obstacles that are going to come up. And this is how I'm going to remove them in advance to try to give that to people because that is what I've done with myself over the past several years that has made things very simple and very effective, not easy, but simple and effective. So that's what I'm really glad you noticed that. And that makes me really happy. So thank you for that. 
Yeah, and I don't want people to confuse those two words, you know, simple and, and easy, because I, I think I, I literally was just having a conversation on another show this morning about people simplifying their lives and, and making sure they take care of little things. But mm-hmm. I, I, I made sure to, to state it's not easy. Like, it's not no. easy. We're, we're so, I, I like to say that humans are, are, are really good. As at least my generation, and I think you and I are in the same generation of, yep. of over of over overcomplicating things. Like we mm-hmm. like to overcomplicate. We like to, you know, make the Zoom meeting that could have been an email. We like to, you know, it's things <laughs> that we 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 do. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what it is, but um, I, I feel that when people simplify processes, one, they become more efficient. I think they, you know, they find out that they don't need all the extra stuff. Yeah, but one one process that I think we definitely overcomplicate is just, and, and I'm going to ask you a specific question, like just getting in shape. And mm-hmm. I think people fail to understand it. And I, I, again, I hate generalizing, but I think this is a general statement. I think people fail to realize like how important physical fitness is nowadays. Yep. It's not about vanity. It's not about, am I, do I just want to look good with my shirt off? But like, we're talking about living longer. We're talking about being around for the people we love. You know, in my case, I wanted to be around as long as I could so I could coach and play sports with my daughters. But why do you believe? Is it the gym culture? Is it all the programs people have? But why do you believe we just overcomplicate just being in shape? I'm going to, I'll speak from my experience and, mm-hmm. and the experience I've had with man, hundreds of clients over, over the past decade plus mm. and it's actually let me go with another story actually this weekend i went uh golfing with uh three of my really really cl- close friends here and one of the guys was talking about uh, an old rugby uh teammate of his who had over the years ballooned up to borderline morbidly obese but then had lost like 120 pounds um which you're familiar with losing a little bit of weight uh, so. i am yes i am thank um, you <laughs> So it's interesting because another guy who's in really good shape, one of the other friends is like, oh man, what did he do? And in my head, like I'm sitting beside him in the golf course. I'm like, what do you mean? What did he do? He probably started exercising and watching what he ate. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's not complicated. And I think what we try to do, it's almost like an unconscious defense mechanism where we try to complicate things in order to give ourselves an excuse to not do it. And it's almost like a subconscious thing, but it's almost, it's not even our fault either because our brain is wired to look for the easiest route to do things possible, mm-hmm. to conserve energy. Like that's just how we're programmed. So we're constantly looking for how can I make things as easy as possible? And one of the ways to make things easy is to not do them. But for me, like looking at, looking at that and why do we complicate things <laughs> for me, it, it, it's a fear thing. Cause right now I'm, I'm in the midst of doing a, a lean bulk. And this is something that I flirted with for the last couple decades and finally have committed to over the past, uh, it's been about 15 weeks now. And so the six pack isn't as visible and that bothers me. However, I'm now have different goals in terms of what's a priority and aesthetics is not a priority right now. Gaining muscle and strength is because I know that is what is strongly correlated with not just lifespan, but health span. So that lifespan and health span are my number two or my one and two goals right now. But 
the reason why I've complicated things is because I look at what everybody else says I should be doing instead of going to my own experience of no, it works for me. Like I remember there was one time where right, was it right after it was right after COVID and stuff started opening up. I'm going to the gym and like, I love the short, quick, like 20, 30 minute hit style workouts. Like I love getting in there, seeing how fast I can push myself and just getting an awesome pump and then leaving. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm never going to build, get the hypertrophy I want with this. So I got to do the, the standard workouts. So I'm there for like an hour and 15 hour and a half. And I'm like, this is horrible. This is absolutely horrible. So, but that's what everybody else says you should do. I'm like, you know what? Screw what everybody else says, because I know if I'm not doing something I don't like, I'm not going to stick with it. So I just complicated things because I was listening to what everybody else was telling me to do and not what I knew was right for me. Yeah, I definitely, I could, that, that a lot of that resonates with me. Cause I remember before my, my fitness journey, I just, you know, what do I do? It's like, the question is, what, I guess I'm stuck here. And it's like, well, just go outside and go for a walk. Like literally, <laughs> yeah. literally just go outside, go for yeah. a walk. Like, what am I? Well, I got to get the right shoes and I don't like these shorts. And I just, it's like, put on a pair of t-shirt, a t-shirt and some shorts and go outside. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and, and I, I, I kind of understand what you were saying because I remember when I first started getting in shape, everybody's like, well, what are you doing? And I remember I posted, somebody texted me or in a group chat, they asked me and I said, well, I stopped eating late at night. I'm not eating fried mm. foods or drinking beer and I'm running three or four times a week. Mm. And the guy I wrote back is like, oh, so you changed your diet and started exercising. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yes, that's, that's exactly yeah. what I did. But, you know, and, and the people who are listening to the show from 6 a.m., you know, we it's a lot of, you know, people our age, middle-aged people who have kids. I know you don't have kids, but, you know, I, I have kids or they have the nine to five. They have the grind. They have to mm -hmm. come home and prepare. And I know you've had plenty of people who have had that excuse. How do I find time? Like, I yep. just, I, you know, I have a family. I have a job. I have responsibilities. Like, I just don't have time in my day. And I like asking this question because I never get the same answer. And I want people to understand that they are, there are different ways to go about this. But when you get that person who says, Carl, I'd love to work out with you. I just don't have time. I love to work out on my own. I just don't have time. What, how, do you, how do you speak to that person? What do you say to them? So uh, the first thing that comes to mind specifically is uh, this conversation I had with um, a guy who was part of a men's coaching program with me. And we had this little group of six guys who would connect outside of the coaching program on a Zoom call every single week. And me being the personal trainer and, and the health and fitness guy, I was always the one that kind of tackled the, the health and fitness questions, right? So busy guy, full-time job, building a business. He's got kids. He's very heavy into his community and his church. And like, he's a busy dude doing a lot of traveling. He's like, Carl, you know what? I just, I haven't been able to keep up with my body. I haven't been able to keep up my body. And I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing for training? He's like, well, I want to train with my son in the mornings, but like he's, he's trained for like an hour and I don't have that much time. So I can't train him. And I'm like, okay, well, how much this is, and this is how short the conversation was. I said, how much time do you have in the mornings? He's like, I probably got 15 to 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, do a 15 to 20 minute workout. That was it. And so I sent him something you can do in 15, 20 minutes because you have to work with, you, you have to work with the time that you got. However, this is going to be the, 
this will be the piece of the puzzle I think people don't want to hear, but they need to hear. In order to make that change, you're going to have to get a huge punch in the face. You're going to. So that punch in the face can either be life throwing you a punch in the face that you probably could have anticipated, but just ignored. So whether that's somebody close to you in the same age range passing away or being diagnosed with something, whether that's you being diagnosed with something, whether that's stepping on the scale or looking in the mirror and just being like, holy cow, this is not who I want to be. So life can throw it to you that way, or you can create it artificially which is the way that I definitely prefer to do it for myself. So one of the things I always tell people is life is going to happen either by choice or by chance. And we don't really want to leave it to chance. So typically what I do is for me and for clients that I've had is we just, we really get connected with the feelings that would be associated with continuing on the trajectory that we're currently going down. And if the behaviors you're having right now, and we put those out, and we put those out, and we put those out to the future, and we realize where we are, and then we give them real world comparisons. Like I remember a few weeks ago, running into somebody at the gym, I was lying down, getting ready to do bench press. And I look up and I see this person coming and it was a new member getting a tour. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll stop my bench press so that I can just smile at them and and say hi. So they feel comfortable. And they looked at me like they knew me. And I look back and I'm like, Hey, and I remembered their name because I worked with them 20 years ago, but I didn't recognize them because they were probably a good 35, 40 pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. And so think about 35 to 40 pounds over 20 years. We're talking, we're talking a pound and a half to two pounds a year. You're not going to notice that, but in 20 years you will. So if we start really connecting people with that punch in the face, because it's like this uh, this book that my therapist gave me when I got divorced with my wife that was, I'm going to say 12, 10 years ago, something like that, 10 or 11 years. Too good to stay, too bad to leave. A lot of people find themselves in that type of health and fitness situation where things aren't so bad that you need to make a change, but they're definitely not good enough to keep you motivated to keep going. So that punch in the face that's going to happen one or I hate to say it but that's it's going to happen one of two ways and now we've kind of segued into that that transformation like we often people talk about physical fitness and it's kind of black and white to them it's kind of like, okay I'm either in shape or I'm out of shape there's no mm-hmm. you know maybe there's that path to one or the other oh you know I let myself go I just had you know there we, we see the path but Let's start talking about the transformation because there is such a physiological, psychological, social, emotional, spiritual, you know, stuff that we can't see, Mm -hmm. stuff that we can't hear, stuff that people, and let's be honest, men are too afraid to talk about a lot of the time. Like, I, I could tell you right now, I hated looking at myself in the mirror. Um, when I was my heaviest. But then I started to realize, I'm like, well, I didn't like looking at myself in the mirror for most of my life before that. You know, there's something up there that I, I needed to fix. And, 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 I, and I did, and I'm working on it right now. But with you, you've gone through stages of your life that has tested you. Mm-hmm. And you're here now, and you're, you're doing your part to help people, specifically men, what have you learned about yourself 
so far? What you talked about the divorce. You talked about, you know, the things you've done to stay in shape. You talked about the little things that that people can change and because you see those details. <laughs> but I have a feeling you didn't always see those details. <laughs> what what is about your your life, your past, kind of go into it that kind of positioned you to be where you're at today? Speaking of the, the the divorce thing, the the one thing that I took away from that more than anything is I'd rather people hate me for who I am than love me for who I'm not. Um, so that was a big one, and and really, and this is like I'm still I'm still working on this. It's hard to imagine a time where I won't have to work on this. And by mm. this, I mean putting more value on other people's supposed opinions of me than working on my own opinion of myself. And by supposed, there's this quote I heard, I, be, I believe the author of the quote would be, uh, his name's Cooley, but he said, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. So in other words, we're constantly projecting ourselves out to the world based on how we believe others perceive us. And yet we have no idea what they, unless they're super close with us, we have no idea. So that's been one of the biggest shifts that I've been working on as of late. Um, say like something silly, this, I don't know if I told you this, but um, when we went out to, we went out to my buddy's cabin this weekend, this past weekend for golf. And uh, I was thinking, man, these guys, the last time they saw me with my shirt off was when like I was how I normally am, like not going to lie, jacked, like I'm and, and shredded, like standing six pack, totally cool. That's not the case anymore because I put on like 15 pounds, like a, a lot of that is muscle, but that's the goal over the next nine months is I know that in order to reach my goal of a certain amount of lean muscle tissue, I am going to have to gain fat with that in the interim. I'm going to have to. So I'm thinking, man, what tank top can I wear with these guys? Cause I don't want to take my shirt off. Meanwhile, like I'm, if not best in the best shape of all of us, but still like I'm, I'm thinking about stuff like that. And then I'm realizing Carl, like when you look at your other friends who may not be in as good a shape, are you thinking about what their body looks like? It's like, no, I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm thinking about whether I'm going to have to go pour my own bourbon or if they're going to get me a cigar. We're just, we're just joking around. I'm not thinking about their bodies. So why the hell would they be thinking about mine? Like even something as stupid as with Jenny Lee, like for the longest time, anytime she put her hand on my stomach and we've been together for almost a decade now, I would kind of flex. Just, just a little bit, just to make it a little bit harder. So it'd be like, I don't want to just let this stuff loose because yeah, she's, she's my girl and I, I need her to know where it's at here. So, but just, but little things like that. So to answer your question in a really long, about long winded way, one of the things I'm learning is that, um, I'm extremely clear on what my purpose is and who I choose, who I desire to be remembered as being. And I know the legacy I want to leave. So I make sure every single day um, I'm actually journaling about that stuff and making sure and I have specific behaviors and habits that I need to literally tick off in order to make sure I am being that human being. And be in order to be that human being, I'm going to have to let go of what a lot of people may or may not think about me. That's the biggest one for sure. That is, that's something we all could, could learn. And I'll be honest, I, I'm... I'm that way too. And, and I find myself 
like in the middle of, of either scrolling through some feed or doing something at work or out in public, just stopping and being like, who, who the fuck cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like, I literally would stop and be like, what? I, nothing is going to stop me from doing from what I, what I want to do right now. Like, just go be yourself. Like, stop. Yeah. And it, believe me, it, it still takes patience on my end with myself i'm not talking about patience with anybody else i'm not talking i'm talking about patience with myself and not beating myself up internally but you know a lot of the work that you're doing and, and a lot of the the issues that you bring up and and you know the the things you're bringing to light are, are of course in regard to to men's issues and not not you know we're not talking about technically men just but we're talking about the conversations we have with each other we're talking about the communication the the relationships we have with each other you know, everyone, I think most people know those those memes about guys' relationships where we can go months without talking and then see each other at a at a game and be best friends within yeah. five minutes again. And that is true. Yeah. Like I, I that yep. is true. But still, even in those relationships, we're not really getting the full amount of the relationship we can because and I, th- I think I said this on your show, like there's, I don't think there is a, a more unique or more or, or better relationship than a close male to male friend relationship. When two men are vulnerable, two men can talk about their lives, two men can open up about what bothers them because there's that empathy piece that, that men have with each other. And women do a great job. I've said it all the time. Women do a great job of it. Mm-hmm. But the work that you're doing what was the genesis of it? What made you think one day that I really need to help other men with their relationships, whether it be how we, you know, disconnect from our jobs and be present for our, our families, you know, how we talk to each other, how we forgive each other, you know, how therapy could work, how we need to stop, you know, with the, the masculine or whatever you want to call it stigma that we don't have to be the provider and the defender all the time sometimes we can take a break like what was there something that happened in your life or or, or what made you go down that path um there were two things that happened uh one that was a precursor that i didn't know that it was going to be that way um with that men's group that i was talking about those six guys that we'd connect Mm -hmm. with how and i was kind of the physical health and fitness guy Mm -hmm. um i was also the relationship guy because um, Jenny Lee, my partner and I, we've worked extremely hard on our communication for a really long time. And when I would share the types of conversations and the level of intimacy and trust and the language that we would use in our conversations, a lot of the guys started asking me for advice on that. And while I'd be like, listen, you can't, it's like going in the gym and seeing me do box jumps up to my shoulders. You can't just say, Hey Carl, can, can you help me mm-hmm. jump, jump onto five feet? It's like, well, we're going to start on this little box over here first. Cause let, let's, let's get that down. So there were certain things that you have to do, but Jenny Lee and I've been, work, been working on it for such a long time that now it's, it's just, it's, it's super simple. Something mm-hmm. as simple as like, I'll be downstairs uh, eating dinner and then she'll just come down and she'll say, Hey Carl, can I have a vulnerable share right now? And it's like, yeah, I know that means I need to put my guards down. And I know that means I am not in, I'm not in fix it mode. 
she doesn't need a solution right now. So I need to bite my tongue and make sure that I am just there to listen and make sure that she doesn't feel like an idiot for feeling the way that she does. And I do that by relating another situation where I would react the same way that she's reacting right now. So she's no, she, she knows she's not insane, but that took practice. But then fast forward to November of last year when it was men's mental health awareness month. And I'm seeing all these stats on the number of suicides that are men, that 75 or 70% of divorces are initiated by women. And then I'm looking at the brothers that are close to me in my life. And I, I hear the issues they have in their relationships and how the date nights aren't happening and how work is always taking a priority. I'm like, man, I'm looking in the rearview mirror right now because that was me. And it almost cost me my relationship with Jenny Lee. So um, as soon as I really started understanding how little help there seemed to be for men out there and how little the conversation was happening, that's when I really dove into it. And it just so ha- it happened so perfectly that I read the book Essentialism. And in that there was one line the first time I read it really gave me the chills. And he said, I, uh, I have a vision of starting a uh, conversation that becomes a movement or I have a vision of having a conversation that becomes a movement. So now I just want to have conversations like this that will become a movement and they are becoming a movement because before we, before you hit record, I told you about how our conversation, you gave me that one very specific thing that I could measure with another friend or with male friends of mine that would really kind of give me an inside look at the depth of our relationship and the quality. And that one thing was, do you know what makes your, your brother happiest? Do you know what scares them the most? And the next day when I went golfing with one of the friend with one of my brothers, I asked him that question and we had a really good back and forth. So he knows what makes me happiest and I know what makes him happiest. He knows what scares me the most. I know what scares him the most. So it's really all about realizing I put in a lot of work over the last four, no, geez, 2017. So almost six years now uh, in terms of developing the relationships with the people around me. Um, and specifically the men and I'm seeing the impact it's had on my life and my mental health. And so now it's like, Hey, we always know that we, in terms of business, you got to find your niche. You got to niche down, niche down, niche down. I'm like, yeah, I, I want the dudes who are essentially struggling like old Carl struggled and still struggles to this day. It's not like I just, I have these solutions and it's gone. It's, it's just like going to the gym. It's like, Oh, I'm in shape now. I don't have to go anymore. No, actually you have to work harder. You have to work harder. And, and I wish I, I could have like boxed up my emotion when you told me about the conversation you had after our recording, because I literally got the chills when, mm. you know, like it's, it's, you know, one of the, in any successful plan, there's always the actionable items. There's always that action that has, to, and it's like to hear and feel the action actually taking place. It's everybody's walked out of a board meeting or walked out of a meeting, but okay, here are the action items. And everybody's like, I'm not gonna do that. Like, I'm not gonna change anything. <laughs> and then but to to, to 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 hear it in real time, really, it just it just it it warm it it, it just makes me so happy. It it brings so much joy to me. So I, I appreciate that. And and I know a lot of the men that that you work with appreciate what you're doing. And let's be honest, the relationships that they have. The families that have probably appreciate it too because yeah. that's what this is about. <laughs> I mean, that I mean, we're social animals. Like, yeah. So, I mean, people will work on everything other than their relationships, and yeah. and we're not talking about 
hey, I'm going to go see Carl. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to talk to him about what I do and, and the date nights. And No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about how we rea- react to people who we care about, how we listen, how we just show vulnerability instead of, I think you brought up a great point, and this takes a lot of maturity when you said, okay, I have to sit here. She does not need me to be in fix-it mode. She does not need this from me right now. And I love that because I learned that the hard way. So did I. (laughs) So did I. Yep, so have I. And it's tough for some men. Like, we're... We're groomed to be fixers. We're yep. groomed to be fixers. Yep. I, don't, I mean, like I, the, the memories I have of my dad as a child, he's still alive, but the memories I have is him coming in to take care of everything, <laughs> him always being there, him being the coach, him being the mentor, him being the person to help me with the home, him, him being, hey, dad, what, why does this, him, and at no point was I ever told as a kid, you know, the woman that you fall in love with, the woman that you marry, the, the, the woman that you date, they don't need you to fix everything. No. So what can men learn? And I want this specifically to be up men, and I know you don't just give unsolicited advice, but I do want your advice. Like, What can men learn about improving their active listening skills? Okay, so imp- improving active listening skills. Well, First thing, and again, everything is going to boil down to these four things for me that you and I went over in detail when you were on my show. It's measure, test, track, and manage because that is exactly how I transformed my body when shit totally hit the fan and I realized I was nowhere in an ear shape as, as good a shape as I thought it was nor wanted to be. It wasn't until I started measuring, testing, tracking, and managing. I did those four things with my body and then I just started doing it everywhere else. So while I can give you a whole bunch of different techniques and everything on how to be a better better listener, the first thing is it's like going into a personal trainer and say, okay, I want to get in a better shape. Okay. What the hell does that mean? Because you ask 10 different pe- 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers. So what? how would you know when you're being a better active listener. And I actually had a really good conversation with another guy on my podcast because he came on and he's uh, he's an investment guy. He has a real estate investment firm. So I thought we we're gonna be talking about him leaving IT and quitting his job and building up this firm. The entire episode was spent talking about relationships because he said, you know what, Carl, it's so funny. I would be t- I'd be listening to my wife talk. She'd be saying something. She'd come down with a challenge and her problem she's facing and I would just pause. And it's like, holy cow, she's got more to say. It's like, yeah, if you shut your mouth, you're going to realize they have more to say. So in terms of knowing whether or not you're being an active listener, how much is your wife saying? How much is your partner saying? Or are you cutting them off, jumping? Because the answer is going to come into your head before they even get five words out. There's no question about that. But can you can you stop yourself from giving that answer right away? So that might be how you measure it. And then it's like, okay, well, now I know what I'm measuring. Okay, well, now I need some strategies. So what's some strategies that I can keep or that I can use to just bite on my tongue? And his was simple. Pause. When they're done talking, wait. Because there's more coming. There's more coming. And you're not going to get to the root until you have a certain number of pauses. So you pause. Okay, well, how do you track this? Okay, well, I asked him, how did you know you're becoming a better listener? 
Actually, my wife started thanking me after the fact because she was saying how much she appreciated me listening. Okay, well, how many times is your wife either complaining about the fact that you don't listen or thanking you for listening? That's how you track it. And then there's the measurement part, or sorry, the management part, because you are going to want to jump in. You are going to want to make obstacles. There will be times where you screw up and do it. And it's like, oh, how am I going to manage that? So for me, for example, I'm going to flip this on Jenny Lee, actually, because she did this yesterday. Um, so over the weekend, I semi broke my arm and um, I was in a little bit of a depressed state because I'm like, my gains are going so good right now and it's just whatever. I'm still working out like I worked out today. It's it's fine. I just I can't I can't press anything with my right arm. Or I can't really I can't do anything with my right arm. So I was in a pr- depressed state and we're walking and and I'm like, "Man, I don't know what I'm going to do at the gym tomorrow." And by the tone of my voice, 9 out of 10 times she'll know I just want to talk. I don't want solutions. So, but she jumped in right away. And she said, listen, you could talk to DJ about this. You could do this. I'm like, I looked at her. I'm like, well, first of all, I'm a trainer. Like I've been, a, I, I can come up with my own shit. But then I said to her, you know what, hon? I'm really sorry that I didn't preface the conversation like this. Even though she started the conversation, I said, I'm sorry, but I should have let you know that I wasn't looking for solutions. I just wanted to talk. So flip that around. And that's how you'll know as a man, if you're creating the space for your partner to speak is... Do, how many times do you have to apologize for opening your mouth too fast? Mm. That's it. So, it, 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 but you ha- it's, it all starts with knowing what you're measuring. Like, you have to know what active listening means to you. Like, what does that look like in action? What does that look like and how will you know? And then you have to, I didn't, I'm not even sure I mentioned, I did mention tracking it, but for us men who aren't very bright, um, <laughs> literally track it either on a note in your phone or I have a, there's this free app called Done that's like a habit tracker. You could literally write in there two words, say, shut up and listen. And how many times this week do you want to shut up and listen? Put four times. That way, when you look at your done app in the morning, it's like, oh, it's Thursday. I haven't shut up and listened three times this week. Sometime this weekend, I got to shut up and listen. That's it. I I think those, I mean, one, again, we talked about simple, however, not easy. And I think yes. what you just outlined was was very is very on paper like it's very simple, but yeah. I I know a lot of men are like me where we're so eager to to get to the solution. We're so eager to do it, right? And you're right. Five words comes in the door, puts her purse down, puts her key through in a huff, and says, "You wouldn't believe. I'm ready. I'm right. I have the answer. This is what you're gonna do." And it's like. <laughs> 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 Wait a second. And um, I, I, I have to tell you, because listening to you speak, and it's, it's amazing how, how similar we are. I, I had a, one of those, you know, yearly, maybe every six month type conversations with my wife a while ago. And, you know, we were talking about love languages and we were talking about receiving and giving. And, and she talked about quality time. And she said to me, like, you rarely listen to me when I come home and talk. You're always cutting me off and you're always, and I, I will tell you right now, I'm the banter I have with people is, is a quick back and forth, quick and back. Like if I have to listen, I, I'm a very good listener, but usually yep. I'm the, the, the male version of like Gilmore Girls type shit where I just go back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. 
my wife's not like that. She's not like that at all. Like even seeing her with her friends, she is the one taking everything in mm -hmm. and then waiting for her opportunity to speak. And it's always quality over quantity with her. And you've heard me like I will, you know, me and my friends recite, you know, movie lines for <laughs> for shits and giggles because it's funny. But she told me this. And she's and, and the fact that she said it meant that she had been thinking this for a while and she had she'd probably tried to bring this up to me before and I just probably yeah. talked over her and so I said okay little things I was like every time you come into the house from work 15 minutes I'm quiet you talk like I'm quiet <laughs> every day every day and within a week like the whole mood of the evenings shifted Wow. Because she felt that she could come in, drop work off at the front door for 15 minutes, and then she was like, ah, okay, now I'm, now it's family time. And <laughs> I, I think, and I want people to know this, and I don't want to, I don't want to take away, this is, this is your show, not mine, but I want people to understand that when we talk about actionable items, when we talk about little things make big differences when we talk about simple yet not easy like we're a lot of times we're not talking about physically hard or physically easy we're talking about changing behaviors mm -hmm. that are so ingrained in us and i think i think everyone's getting sick and tired of hearing this is what a real man should be. This is what your woman should do for you. This is how you, and, and it's like, how about we just work on ourselves? Yep. And I, and I say that because, and I mean this, like there, there's no hyperbole. You're, from the little time I've known you, I think you probably are one of the people that have worked on yourself the most that I know. Hmm. And I think that says a lot about you. It says a lot about you being self-aware. And I think it says a lot about how you would not demand anything of your clients that you would not demand of yourself. And I, I want you to talk to men right now about the behavioral changes. Because you you've talked to that man that's like, ah, I'm having trouble with my kids, having trouble with my wife. I, I, at work, they don't know what they're they're doing i just want to quit i i can't do anything right oh you know whoever like you've heard it all where it's like okay what do you what are you going to do about it like this is your opportunity like talk about that yeah. that paradigm shift those behaviors that when you work with men how you help them see and then act on those behaviors so that, that's an amazing question, by the way. Um, and before I dive into the answer, I'm 100% stealing the 15-minute rule because um, JL, she, she, go, she works from home three days a week and then goes in two days. And I know when she gets, she's gone today. So it's nice and quiet around here. Um, I, love, I love that. I love that. Feeling. Yeah. It's just me and the dogs and they're sleeping most of the time. So it's like, oh my God. Um, so you'll, you'll edit that part out, okay? Um, so, so when she comes home today, I'll do the 15 minute thing with her 
and say, I know because she's really good and focused on making sure that she doesn't bring work home. And that as soon as she gets home, we start focusing on either just her time or, or me or, or whatever. But I'm going to say, listen, listen on if you like, let's take 15 minutes and just get some stuff off your chest and then we can relax tonight. I like that. And then that way I can prepare myself for it too. Right. So I can prepare myself for that. But getting back to your question with regards to the man who may need to change some of his behaviors. Um, speaking from my experience, step number one is always going to be realizing that you're probably lying to yourself in one way, shape or form. Um, that was me. Uh, say specifically when Jenny Lee and I took a three month separation back at the end of 2020. Um, I realized that even though if somebody were to come up to me a week before we separated and said, Hey, how are you guys doing? I'd be like, Oh yeah, we're good. Because like we didn't fight. We were never like angry at each other. There was no animosity or anything like that. Sure. There was next to no intimacy. There was no like fun or excitement really. Like I was all about business and she was all about doing her own thing. And like, so if you were to ask me, okay, Carl, write down the qualities of an amazing partner and what that, what those qualities look like from a behavioral standpoint. I would have listed them out and say I listed 10, I probably would have been able to check off one because I wasn't being that. And it wasn't until just like when I looked in the mirror and saw my body and compared that to another photo I'd taken a year before, I was like, wow, this is not what I want. Most men aren't going to change because they don't realize they need to change. They're just, they've, it's, it's like, it's like putting on that one and a half to two pounds every single year. And you don't notice because it's just, it's accumulating so slowly while the separation from being lovers to then becoming roommates, for example, happens very slowly and it happens one excuse at a time. So it's not until we realize that we, ha- we need to first have a clear picture of who we want to be for ourselves and for our partners and then compare ourselves to that vision. And that's usually a good enough wake up call for some guys to, to do that. But then the other thing is looking, taking a look at our language. And this is actually, this is really, really good. I was listening to, um, I was on Philip's podcast again and I listened to it today. So this is, this is very serendipitous. And one of the things that we talked about with regards to having brothers that you can talk to and share your problems and challenges with is like, if you have a problem, like, sure, you could Google it, but Google doesn't know your story. So, and Google won't be able to hear your language. So Google might give you an answer to the problem that you're asking it, but a brother will be able to recognize that you're not even asking the right question because they can listen to your language and listen to the story. And like one of these guys, one of my brothers, Bobby T up here in Edmonton, um, I was telling him about this conversation that I was having with this guy and I was going to switch the name of one of my podcasts because they weren't really happy with the podcast. I'm like, oh man. And he's like, Carl, Carl, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. It's your podcast, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, the title that you put up isn't even remotely offensive, right? I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, well, why the fuck are you letting somebody else determine the title of your podcast that is your show? I'm like, why didn't I stop and think about that? But so had I, had I Googled something around that, I never would have gotten the answer. So having brothers in your life that are going to be able to see the language and challenge you on that and challenge your stories is going to be a huge step towards you becoming that vision that you have for yourself, but you need to first have that vision. And then it's, 
it's all great. Yeah, we have this grand vision and everything like that. But it's, again, going back to the gym. Like, I want to get bigger. Okay, I'm going to go to the gym and lift heavy shit. That's not good enough. Okay, so I know for today, had it been a regular day, I know I've got deads, I've got lying hamstring curls, and I've got kettlebell swings. Okay, and I know how much I did last week on all all the sets, which means I know how much I need to be going up this week in either reps or or the weight. I know all that stuff over the past 15 weeks. So it's no different with me being the man that I want to be for Jenny Lee or any man being the man he wants to be for his partner. Like, are you are you applying progressive overload to your relationship? Uh, if you're not, then it's going to die. It is going to atrophy just like your muscles. There needs to be progressive overload there. You cannot get stagnant. Good isn't good enough a lot of the time. It's not good enough. I made good good enough and good enough almost cost me the one person I love more than any other person in the entire world. <sighs> yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, it's just it. it, And I just I, I, I love that from, you know, hearing things from from a male perspective and, and let's be honest like it's 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 sometimes it's just good to hear like sometimes it's just good to hear a brother just just check you real quick not even check yeah. just be like listen what, what what the hell is wrong with you like come on man like we, yep. and it's and again for the ladies out there this is it's 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 how men show affection we basically beat each other up verbally and and then we we talk about it afterwards it's 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 yep. that's how you know your your closest friends like if you were to listen to the conversation you would think we hated each other but that's just how we show affection that's how we that's how we show love to each other um yeah but you know i i love how you equated that back to to the gym, to the workouts, the relationships. Again, there there is this, I hate to say it, this ongoing theme, this perpetual theme about the work that you need to put in. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this about the, the podcast title. I think you kind of went back to your monkey brain where you kind of were thinking about others and how they perceived you versus who gives a shit about that, how they look at me. And I'm glad, you're, I'm glad your friend... And you're right. You wouldn't have got that from Google. You would not no. have gotten that. You would have that that that's a good friend. That is a very yep. good friend. Yes, he is. Um, and and I'm I'm glad that that happened. So now you have. I think this is the part that a lot of people don't talk about enough. And and um, we we tend to believe that the world we live in or the things we do are kind of zero sum games. We, okay, I'm, I'm fit. Good to go. I'm back in their relationship. Good to go. Yeah. You know, my, my, my kids are in college. Good to go. You know, something, there's always that, and I, I'm saying this from experience. Like I remember the, one of the first few times I went to therapy, I came out and I'm like, all right, anxiety is gone. Depression is gone. I'm yeah. good to go. Like that's how I thought. That's literally when, when how you I said thought. that in your podcast. When I listened to that, uh-huh. I literally uh-huh. like I laughed out loud when I heard that. That you went a few times. You're like, "Hey, I'm good to go." I started laughing. I'm, yeah, it. That's how uh-huh. I felt. That's I didn't know any better. I'm like, okay, and I was like, well, I guess the dep- he he. That's how this works. But yeah. you know, especially when you're, you know, one of the things that that people very specifically don't talk about is once you've either lost a bunch of weight or got fit. Um, you know, whether I think it's, it can equate it to fasting, whether it's a day fast, two days, three days, seven day fast, like you can't just go right back into the food you're eating before. There's always that kind of 
getting slowly back into society. But there's also what people don't understand is if you're on a fitness journey, there's a prep for what happens when you've got reached your goals. You have to mm -hmm. prep for that. You have to, you know, that you have to be able because a lot of people. I want to say this: a lot of people are not prepared to be the best versions of themselves. They get there and they're just so happy. Look at what I've done: husband of the year, father of the year. I'm sh more shredded than that dude. I can lift three plates. I I just squatted, you know, four or five debt. I am, I'm the man. And they have no idea how to live in that portion of their lives. And and we've all heard, at least a lot of us heard, that you want to, you know, put yourself in that situation before you're there. You want to, you know. Live it before you become it, and we can all make T-shirt mottos. We can all do that. We、yeah. can all say that. But, and I don't want to just say how do we how do we maintain our gains and things like that because that's not good enough. Because we have we have paradigm shifts, we have behavior changes, we're becoming new people, we're becoming better versions of ourselves. So, kind of a two-part question because I want you to talk about the people that. Fall off the wagon, and people that you see six months after you've trained them, and they weren't prepared. I, I hope that I, I really hope that's never happened. But again, I'm a realist. Oh no! It, then, it <laughs> that that is the norm. That is the norm. I thank you for saying that. That is the norm. And two, after you kind of talk about that, the person who's on their fitness journey right now, how do they prepare to live the best version? Of themselves. So the answer to that, we can kill two birds with one stone for sure, because、okay. the answer that's simple. How much? How big are the changes that you're making? Like, how big are the changes that you're making, and what are your expectations? So, for example, like inside of that training manual that I created for me, that I that I journal every like every morning, right?、Um, The very last question inside of it is, "What is your integration?" In other words, it's and there's five things, five literally five check boxes that I have to check off that represent the action I'm going to take. And those five check boxes are the action that I'm, I've got a problem or challenge that I'm trying to solve. The action I take has to be small, it has to be specific, it has to be simple, it has to be scheduled, and it has to be shared. If it's those five things. It's hitting the criteria. I know that will create sustainable change. Hence, integration. These are things I'm going to be integrating, and it starts off with an I am statement. So they're integrated into the individual that I say I want to be. So, for the people that say I've had, yeah, I can't even tell you. And this is this is so frustrating. I can't tell you how many times over my career as a trainer,、um, I've trained with somebody for six months, a year, maybe even two years. And then they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try it on my own now." And I'm like,、oh. <laughs> "Okay, all right." That I, I obviously don't respond that way to their face, just、of、inside. And I, I'm not. I'm kind of a. I'm kind of an open book, so I'm sure they can. I don't hide my emotions all that much, so they might be able to sense it. But、uh, I'm like, "Yeah, no problem." And then, sure enough, I see them six months down the road, and I'm pumped to see them. I'm really happy to see him, so I want to give him a big hug before they even say my name. 
it's always the same thing. Oh, girl, I haven't been to the gym since we trained together. And like, you can see it. You can 100% see it, but I don't, I don't care. I'm just happy to see this individual, even though they've completely undone everything. And it's like, yeah. uh, but you know what? That was my fault as a trainer um, for a long time because I realized what we were doing wasn't sustainable. Um, and that's one of the things that's wrong with the health and fitness industry is that, mm -hmm. and specifically personal training, is that um, the goal of every personal trainer should be to render yourself obsolete. Like I need to make sure that you can do this on your own and that whatever obstacles you have, like if it's an accountability thing, okay, well, you need some people in your life that are going to hold you accountable because I got other people I want to serve. So as long as that would be the two part answer and the, and the two birds with one stone answer I, I would give in terms of whatever the changes you're making. And I mentioned expectations as well. Like for me to think that I'm going to like, when I started my lean bulk process, I was at 141 pounds. I'm about 156 right now. Um, and that's been what I say, 13 weeks, something mm -hmm. like that. Actually, no, it's been closer to 15 weeks, almost four months now. So, um, but I know in my head that this is a nine to 12 month process. Like I'm going to have to suck up, not having the six pack super visible for the next mm. nine to 12 months. So just after Christmas, because I'm not going to start a shred around Christmas time. Forget it. Oh my God. Like, oh um, my God. That'd be that, horrible. Yeah. It would be horrible. So right after Christmas is when I'm going to start shredding. But I know that going in now. So anytime I start to kind of feel bad, like even today, like I went downstairs and I shaved before the podcast, I had my shirt off and I was looking in the mirror. I was like, ugh, like I just... <laughs> I didn't, I don't look as good as I want to look, but I, I know this is part of it. Like that saying half of getting what you want is knowing what you have to give up to get it. I know, mm. I know this is mm. what I got to give up right now. And so having an expectation makes these potential roadblocks just turns them into speed bumps now. Mm -hmm. So anybody wanting to maintain things, you got to realize like there's no end date. There is no end date. This is not a 30 day challenge or a 60 day challenge or whatever. Like there's no end date. Like if you're doing a 60 day challenge, you got to realize that's, that's a 60 day warm up, is what that is. It's a 60 day warm up. Like this is something you will be doing for the rest of your life. That's why Philip and I have a huge conversation around calorie counting because I was very opposed to calorie counting for a very long time because I know when I've tried in the past, it's not something that I can sustain. He has since changed my mind and we've changed the story and the relationship I have with calorie counting. But I now know that, okay, this is something that's going to be like more so long-term and this is something that's going to kind of become a forever thing. So if I treat it any, any other way than that, I'm going to go right back to old Carl. And whether that's in the gym or in the bedroom, I do not want to go back to old Carl. I, I sustainability is something I didn't even realize was a thing until I figured out that I, I couldn't keep running as much as I was running and I couldn't mm. keep eating as little I was eating. And, and like I could, I can starve myself for a, a, a couple days, but you know, and, and, binge eat but then like to make a lifestyle out of it yeah yeah it's 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 something that i and i, I want i want people to understand like the the reason that i focus so much with the the work that i do and and whether it be physical health or mental health or that mind body connection is like we we have to learn 
how we can be successful.、Mm-hmm. And I think one of the roles of a physical tra-、uh, personal trainer, or a therapist, or a life coach, or whoever it is, is to teach and coach and mentor on what success looks like. Because I told my, I, I tell people this. I've said it a few times I, when I started training my sister, and she was so focused on the numbers on the scale, so focused on, and I was like, I was like, I can get you. Where you want to be quickly. We can get there in in three months. We can get there.、Mm-hmm. You're not going to like me,、um, but you'll be happy with the results, but you won't be able to sustain it. Right. And I'm speaking from experience. One of three things will happen either you'll never want to work out again, you'll go back to where you were, or you'll injure yourself. One of those、yeah. three things is going to happen. And I don't want that to happen. And I remember like, her feeling her first muscle or feeling that pair of pants that hadn't fit in a couple years. And she was like, oh, okay, I can, I can do this. I can do, like,、yeah. I can do this. And it's, it's amazing. So, Carl, I really, really, really appreciate it. And just let you know, this is. This is lifelong too. We're going to have more conversations like oh, this. Oh, absolutely.、Um, I, 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 I absolutely love talking to you. And, and, and I, I think you're an amazing human being. And I, 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 I hope people go and listen to your show and, and, and follow what you're doing. But if they want to get more information about you, if they want to connect with you, if they just want to see the work that you're doing, how do they find you online? The first place, anywhere there's a podcast inspired by impact, because those you're going to hear in there, like you mentioned in the beginning, the, the podcast is all about giving you specific actions that you can take. And when you go to the podcast in the show notes, I always have a link to that journaling process that I mentioned, like the thing that's inside of this training manual, the thing that has saved every single aspect of my life that takes. 10 minutes to do in the morning, just five questions that get you to come up with that one small, specific, and simple step that you'll schedule and share to go from inspiration to integration. Like that one, I have the free blueprint. It explains exactly how to work it and do that so that when you're listening to one of Mark's podcasts and like something hits you, you don't just, oh, that's an awesome idea. I should do that. And then you forget. Well, no, you run it through this thing. Like, that's why I had the conversation I did with my buddy about the, what makes you happy and what makes you fearful, because that was the nugget I took away from our conversation. The very next morning, I ran it through here. And my integration step was to make sure that when I go golfing with Mike, him and I have this conversation at 10 a.m. So that's what, that would be the best thing that I would say go to Inspired by Impact, anywhere the podcast is. Or I love connecting with people individually as well. So on IG at Ignite the Impact、uh, is where people can find me. And then I'll be on this podcast at least once every week. So just listen to Mark's podcast and he's going to have me on every week. So every week. <laughs> you heard him.、Um, guys,、uh, l- let me say this. And it's.、Um, I-, I don't want people to think this is. You know, out there and, and, and you know, philos- too philosophical and woo woo. Like, relationships are big. Like,、mm-hmm. don't, I don't want, like, there's someone out there who's done it on their own. I understand that. But that's not the norm. That's, that's, it's very self deprecating. It's very self defeating. 
and you're doing yourself an injustice because there's so many people who love you, so many people who care about you, and we're social beings. So, Carl, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I look to continue this conversation. You have a great rest of your day and keep doing what you're doing, all right? I appreciate you too, my man. Thanks for having me on. And this was absolutely epic as always. Jenny Lee is going to see a huge smile on my face when she comes home. And it's all thanks to you, my man. So thank you. Thank you as always for listening to the 6am run podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark Paisant. Please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AMRun to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.